I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. Keep slinging it on into summer. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? One foot in front of the other. You just got to keep moving forward. You can't stop. You can't get stuck in the mud. You just got to keep moving forward at all times. I don't know if the Mavs are moving forward right now. No, no, the Mavs are moving forward. But uh, another summer league game, and they're moving forward because they just blew out the Rockets. And any time you blow out the Rockets in anything, it is a great day. Agreed. The game is currently still going on as we're recording this, but they're up by 30. So, you Let's know. go. So, you know. Um, we're going to talk about the summer league just a little bit, but we also want to get into a whole bunch of other stuff today. Russell Westbrook is apparently... On the move. We speculated about that yesterday in our two podcasts. Potentially on the move. That's what I just said. I thought you said he's on the move. No, no, no. Potentially on the move. Uh, We did an emergency pod right after the Kawhi stuff. We reacted to all of that, all the Mavs implications and everything. We did that yesterday. We also talked about the Summer League Game 1, so you can check out those two pods. Um, One of them was listened to way more than the other. I'll let you guess which one that was. (laughs) Um, So... We wanted to get into that and talk about Russell Westbrook and the salary dumps because the Mavs currently have the most cap space in the most functional cap space in the NBA right now. And so we'll look into the Russell Westbrook situation if the Mavs can get in on that in any way because uh, for reasons that Oklahoma City wants to get under the luxury tax. We'll talk about that. Uh, I also want to go through some realistic free agents that the Mavs could have had and just kind of go through it because I feel like a lot of the uh, the frustration is is un there's not any there's not any evidence <laughs> that there's a bunch of guys that the Mavs could have gotten at these prices that everybody you know was saying and so I want to go through the guys that changed teams and just look through it and look through the list because I think that's important to look back and say okay how many of these guys are actually realistic so we're gonna try to do that too um, Isaac you want to just jump into Russell Westbrook um, oh yeah the yes, Oklahoma City Thunder are about to pay you know the luxury tax at like 40 million dollars in in just luxury taxes which for a team that was has been knocked out of the first round 3 years in a row uh not great especially one now with just one star and a couple like b you know b minus players and Gallinari, Steven Adams guys like that um so they're going to try to to do some stuff now you don't pay the luxury tax until the end of the season, so they can make all these moves at any point during the season. The Mavericks will only have this cap space until they sign all these deals that they've agreed to, until they sign like the Porzingis deal and all that kind of stuff, the Seth Curry and all that kind of stuff. I guess Seth Curry will... Seth Curry is, like, is the only one right now that they can sign, and cap space is not going to be effective. Yeah, his, his number is already included in the $22 million, So Yeah. Um, but okay, so... Paul George is gone. They got the horde of draft picks, an insane amount of draft picks. There was a report that came out that they're you know, meeting with Russell Westbrook, talking about a potential trade this summer, and man, all over the place. I tweeted out a fake trade today 
and I got everything from all sides. Thunder fans saying that's not enough. Thunder fans mm-hmm. saying it was awesome. Thunder fans saying it was too good of a trade and they wouldn't be able to that Miami wouldn't do it. Heat fans saying it wasn't enough. Heat fans saying it's too much all over the place. So that probably means it was a good trade. Uh, but Russell Westbrook's Russell Westbrook's value is just it's crazy. He's three he's like two, three years removed from an MVP. He has this massive contract. Zach Lowe said it might be the worst contract besides John Wall and Chris Paul. Oh, I was going to say it's. Uh, it, I think Chris Paul's worse than Westbrook's. But, but it's it's wild to to see the spectrum of how people view Russell Westbrook and his value right now. Yeah, I mean, we were texting about it today and just saying. I mean, it's impossible to, to fairly judge his value, and it it's all about the opinion around it because. I mean, I did the same thing this morning. I tweeted out a, a deal with Orlando, and from Magic fans pissed, like, there's no way we'd give up Aaron Gordon for him, to certain people was like, oh, man, that's not enough. They'd have to do picks and, like, all this different stuff. It's just, you know, Westbrook is 30 years old right now. Next season, <laughs> he's going to make $38.5 million. The season after that, guaranteed at 41.3. The season after that, the 21... 21- 2021-22 season, he's going to make 44.2 million and then there's a player option in 2022-23 in which he will make 47 million dollars. So, his market right now, if they do end up trading him. So, Oklahoma City obviously is in the spot right now of they just got Gilgis Alexander and these picks and Gallinari. Do they go full rebuild or do they just kind of string it together? Do they use these assets and go get somebody else? And if they go full rebuild, they entertain the market for Russell Westbrook. Whatever they get for him, there's going to be so many complaints because they could, if it's a salary dump, people are going to be shocked that they just salary dump Russell Westbrook. If they get a couple first round picks and a young guy, people are going to be shocked that they got that for Russell Westbrook's salary. So, I, I tweeted out early this morning, it was like 3 o'clock in the morning, that Miami is the obvious suitor. Like, that was the first team. Jimmy Butler, they have the contracts and all that stuff. My thing's simple with Miami. If they can walk away with it of keeping Bam and just keep – like, if they can walk out of the deal and they have Bam and Jimmy Butler, obviously I'm not including him, I think they have to do it somehow. Because everybody else in that team, I think you have to include Winslow – uh, Dragic, everybody, you know, if you can keep Tyler Hero, that's cool. But if I can do that, I think that's the obvious case. But I think for a Mavs fan perspective, uh, is who you know can Dallas get involved in this? And we'll talk about Dallas and Westbrook in just a second because even uh, Jason Gallagher for the Ringer and Mavs fan, Mavs <laughs> connection guy, he was I think he was making a push today of Westbrook for Dallas, but. Can Dallas get involved as a third team in some of these deals? And the obvious one Nick tweeted out today was your fra- a framework around Russ going to Miami, Winslow going to Oklahoma City, and Dragic going to Dallas. Right? Yeah, yes. That the yeah, that's the framework. You'd send Courtney Lee to to OKC, and you'd also OKC would also get Derek Jones Jr. just as a another guy it's because he's essential to a deal apparently. Um. <laughs> Yeah, as far as Jason Gallagher saying Russell Westbrook should uh, they should trade for Russell Westbrook, he's not a superstar, so you know, <laughs> under Cuban standards, that would go Here's over really well. 
I want to, I do want to talk about that possibility in just a second, but is there any other scenario in which you could see Dallas getting involved as a third team to help facilitate a, a it's tight just, deal? It's so hard to try and look at teams and be like, all right, that team should or could trade for Russell. It feels like Miami might be the only one. Cause you start to look down the line. You're like Atlanta. No Brook or Boston. No Brooklyn. No Charlotte. No Chicago. No Cleveland. No Dallas. No Denver. No Detroit. Charlotte would be funny. Detroit would be interesting if you do like Drummond, I guess, but then you have these two massive contracts uh, but see if you're oklahoma city and you're trading russ you want to get off the long-term money on that for sure but you also want a young asset in the deal too somehow but they also that, want to get off the short-term money because they want to get under the luxury tag that's the whole reason why they would do it yeah you want the short-term money too but you're i mean the likelihood of you taking back 40 million you know he's making 38 so you can safely, you know, or you try to get some, I don't know, something the thing, along. That's the thing is that they can try to do that, but they have to have a team with cap space to facilitate. And the only teams with, with significant cap space are the Mavericks and the, the Hawks at $14 million. Yeah, so that's why Dallas could come in play with this of Dallas wants to win now for the most part. So you mentioned that's why the Dragic expiring $19 million. Could they swing Dragic, you know, to Dallas and then they just take on Winslow, and then you know you're opening up like twenty million in cap at that point. In that deal that that I set up and tweeted out, um, the the Thunder are down like ten million in in cap, which is good. It's a start. It doesn't get them all the way under the luxury. They'd have to make another move. They'd probably have to do a Gallinari trade or something like that. Gallinari is expiring, so I feel like his deal could be easier. Could be moved, you know, be- easier. Could be moved more easy. <laughs> How do you say that? <laughs> be easier, easier to, yeah. Be, be easier to move. Um, I mean, if they wanted to shed that mo- that deal completely, they could just call up Dallas and say, "Hey, here's a first for Gallo." I mean, to take on Gallo, and I mean, there you go. But yeah, they could do that, or they could do. Could they still do like a J.R. Smith, the non-guaranteed thing? I guess I don't think Cleveland has that money to take back Gallo just for J.R. Smith. I'm just saying it an option. Like they could take they could send Gallo and get J.R. Smith and somebody else or something like, like that. Like Del Vadova or something. And then like J.R. Smith's contract is non guaranteed so they can they can cut him. Yeah. Uh two other scenarios in which the third team because the Russ the finding teams for Russ is hard. I still think Orlando should go in for it because Russ would help propel them for the playoffs and they have it they just yeah. They're, but they anyway. don't have any guards in forever. Yeah, and I, I think they have enough assets to where you could piece together a team with Ross, Vooch, uh, Jonathan Isaac, you know, Fournier and Westbrook, stuff like that. I don't know, have fun with it. Anyway, two other teams. What if Toronto called and said, Hey, let's do something around Kyle Lowry and OG for for Westbrook and then they flipped Lowry to Dallas? Um You would agree that Westbrook's better than Kyle Lowry right now, right? Yes, better. You're, yes, better as a basketball player. No, yes, yes, it's better as a basketball player. But just the contract and all that stuff, like all that stuff has to be included, right? Yeah. I, I think Toronto should go the rebuild route. I don't think they should do that. But if Masai is sitting there saying, hey, I think, you know, we should we should push forward. And the Raptors have been trying to rebuild for like nine years. <laughs> Back when Masai first took the job over, he didn't expect them to be good. And DeRozan was not the player that he is or that he was when he was an all-star. And then he just became an all-star. Kyle Lowry was kind of out of nowhere. He was this backup on on Houston, and he came in, and then they both were super good, and then they just like made the playoffs. Imagine just lucking into a playoff team like that. Fred Van Vliet, 
is going to take over for Kyle Lowry. Bruce Arthur's piece on the Raptors, he was very clear in that that Lowry's going to be shopped and moved. <laughs> and that he thinks he thinks Gasol and possibly Ibaka too. But the the third team I want to throw in there is the Spurs. And I, I text you this day and you're like, nope, I'm out. Is what if the Spurs came in, swooped in, and said, hey, we'll, we'll do this. We'll take on Russ and we'll give DeRozan to a third team. And Dallas said, hey, we'll take on DeRozan. And then OKC's walking out of it with like Lonnie Walker, Derek White, Justin Jackson. There's so many guards. Yeah, it's more yeah, it's more of like a salary dump at that point. But they don't if they didn't want Rosen and DeRozan in that deal either. I, I'm not in love with that either. So I but I mean it, it's kind of a shorter term. I mean, DeRozan has his guaranteed money this year. He has a player option for next year at that 27 uh, mark. So he'd pretty much be taking on DeRozan for two seasons. And what would be his fit next to Luka and KP? Uh, yeah, not the best in the world, but I don't know. If the, if the Mavericks were going to take on a big star like that, I would want it to be somebody that fit a little better. Especially For sure. if they're going to do that. So I, that's why I'm out on that one. I understand that in a vacuum, like, okay, we're sending out Courtney Lee and we're getting DeMar DeRozan. Like, yes, that's obviously a a win. But uh, I just don't think that that's you know, a great fit. And I, I don't want to just mess up the KB and Luka combo by throwing in this third guy that was going to take a whole bunch of shots from them. For sure, and I, I completely get that. I'm just throwing out different examples of if could Dallas try to get involved as a third team. But let's just approach it directly. That And we've gotten tweets about this today, and some people trying to talk about it ever since Paul George happened. Should Dallas even entertain Russell Westbrook? This sounds like a great question to answer after the break. Right, right after the break. <laughs> All right, Isaac. So the Thunder call up the Mavericks. They call up Donnie Nelson. By the way, one of my pet peeves is when people say, oh, Cuban doesn't know what he's doing running this team. Like, Cuban is not making the basketball decisions. <laughs> Cuban it's has, a, it's, Cuban brought probably his final say on some things, but Cuban's not in there, like, with scouting reports. and. Yeah, they have their big, they have their big, you know, four or five group of, you know, people. Now Dirk's, you know, out of that. And, I mean, you have... Cuban and Donnie and Ronzoni and Finley and those guys and Rick. So they have their group of people. Obviously Cuban has to sign off on things, but what, you know, yeah. So if OKC's scanning the league and they're trying to find a team to take on Russell Westbrook's contract, once again, he's due $38.5 million. He's 30 years old. He's under contract. He's locked in for another four years. If they're if they're looking across the league and there there are teams across the league that's not going to give them a ton of value, if any value, and at that point they're just looking to one shed his long term money. Did something just happen? Guess he's playing for Washington right now. He just took a three. He's a seven footer. I don't know. Jeff Withy. Oh my gosh, Jeff Withy. I miss Jeff Withy. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, but. You know, if there's if they're canvas in the league and they're trying to find somebody to take them, Dallas obviously has the most cap space, and they're like, all right, how can we just clear the books completely, start it over, get something, you know, into you know something back for him. And I'm not saying that this is you know they could get a better package than this. Let's just say this is the deal because it would equal out money wise. Let's say Dallas said we'll give you Courtney Lee's expiring, Justin Jackson, and three second round picks. 
straight up for Russell Westbrook because J- Jackson and Courtney Lee would equal uh, around that 16 million mark. Combine that with your 22 million in cap space, you get right at Russ's number. I have bashed Russell Westbrook a lot on this podcast. Um, so I don't want to sit here and talk about what I would do. I want to, I just want to pitch it out there and ask you what would a rotation, a lineup of Westbrook, Luca, KP, what would that trio of what, what would that get you in the West? What would that do for the playoff picture? All of that just on paper, what does that do? On paper, I take the sheet, I crumple it up, I throw, I light it on fire, and I throw it at your face. I'm just, I'm so against this idea. This is, I, I couldn't even. I'm only bringing this up because fans are talking about it. Right I now. wanted you, to I, screenshot I, the text you sent me and tweet it just to shame, just to publicly shame you for this idea because it's just. If you, if you share any more of my my text again, I'm not texting you. <laughs> Isaac's just mad I got the last laugh in our little Twitter jab today. <laughs> I was going to make a Palenka joke about you going and watching Dark Knight with him, but I just left it alone. We do it with the director's commentary on. Um, <laughs> with he, I'm with just, he, so, I'm he just so against the Russell Westbrook thing. It, uh, No, absolutely not. Not even not even consider it. Uh, the, the Cuban situation with him in the past, I feel like that would be terrible. I feel like him and Luca would just... That is that is ta- combo. <laughs> taking the the problems with Dennis Smith Jr. and just magnifying them to the like the tenth degree. I mean, all the issues. That we okay, no, no, about. take take off the court stuff. I, just on paper, basketball wise. That's, if you, if, that's what I'm saying, basketball wise. All the fit problems they had with Dennis Smith Jr. to the tenth degree because Russell Westbrook's so much better as a player. Obviously, it man, it would just be so tough. He takes up so many shots coming. In he would think that it was his team, hmm. right? Do you want Russell Westbrook yeah. to take over your team with Luca? No, I'm not saying I want any of this. I'm just saying this is what I, I we're. I mean, I got DMs about hey, please talk about this on the pod, and we're talking about it, so we're getting it out there. And I want to say on paper they would be better. On paper, I feel like it would put them in the playoffs. No, no, no. In 2K, it would make them better. Okay, you're saying a lineup of Russell Westbrook, Seth Curry, Luka, KP, and yes. Dwight Powell. That starting five would not put you farther up the playoff ladder than what you are right now. Because I'm not the biggest fan of Russ, and I'm not the biggest fan of his fit, but I could, I feel pretty confident in saying that that five would put you in the next category as far as you're really competing for yes, that. Yes, sure. But but in this scenario, do you remember, <laughs> you remember Infinity War when they get to the end? And Thanos, Thanos snaps his fingers. He gets the gauntlet. He snaps the fingers. They couldn't stop him. Everyone starts disappearing. Spoiler alert. And then he goes to that crazy like room that's just this, this vast void. And then Gamora as a child shows up. And she's like, did you do it? He's like, yes. <laughs> and she's like, what did it cost? And he's like, everything. That's what would happen at the end of the season. You... Did you make the playoffs? Yes. What did it cost? Everything. KP is upset. KP, why would K, why would Christoph want? He just played with Melo. For now sure. he's going to play with Westbrook. I, yeah. I bet Westbrook is an awesome teammate to just have around. I bet that, you know, I, I do not think that playing basketball with Russell Westbrook yields 
great results. Paul George just requested a trade. Now, apparently it wasn't because of Russell Westbrook. However, it was kind of because of Russell Westbrook. <laughs> because playing with well, him what, is not, not easy. What do, you, what do you say to the argument from people that, that would say, hey, we just missed out on free agency again. This would be us trading for a guy that's under contract for a bit. And the fact that next year's free agent class sucks. What do you say to that? That you almost have to overpay to get it's, a star now. It's what I've been saying. It's what I've been saying about free agency. Just because you can get a guy doesn't mean that you should get a guy. Just because, and I think this is part of Cuban's argument when he was talking today. I don't agree with a lot of things Cuban said today at Summer League, but he did say there's one guy we wanted, and we didn't get him. And I think that the Mavs should be a little picky about the guys they put around these two young stars. They don't have. It's not like they're putting guys around like LeBron. You know who's been around forever, who had, who you know, can figure out situations and can can handle himself in a team, and it's definitely his team. Like these are two young young guys. One of them is coming out of a terrible situation we just talked about yesterday, where he's trying to become his old self again, right? Like you're kind of rehabilitating Kristaps Porzingis in this. You're trying to bring Luca along. Luca will probably be fine, right? Like Luca just is Luca. Um, but him against Russell Westbrook would that just would that make him angry? Now with the player empowerment era, does he like request a trade if, if it doesn't go the way that he wants it to? I mean, that is the, that is one of the scary things about this is that the Paul George situation kind of shows teams if the situation is not good for your player, they can request a trade and what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not in favor of the Westbrook thing. I'm just trying to throw out things that people, fan, Mavs fans want us to talk about and they've tweeted at us and stuff. Uh, besides the on-court fit that I'm not the biggest fan of, besides the chemistry fit that I'm not the biggest fan of, you're also tying up that cap space. <laughs> I know people get frustrated when you throw this out there because it's like continuing uh, a hope uh, for the future. But if you do want to make be a player in free agency in three years when a certain um, great basketball player is going to be a free agent that you have his brother on your team, Westbrook will be making over $40 million that summer. So um, that's where, you know, it cuts into the, all of that. That's why it's not just about the, it's not really about the Westbrook money part for this year and next year, because that's why I've been, I've been on record on this podcast saying I would have taken the chance on Mike Conley for these two years. I would take the chance on Kyle Lowry right now. I would probably, if Those you push Ken to shove, yes. If, if push came to shove and you're telling me that you could get DeMar DeRozan for nothing and you haven't gotten anything else towards the end of the summer and it's two years of DeRozan because next year's free agent class sucks, I would I would probably say, sure, sign me up. I don't care. It's it's anything past two years, that's when I start to get really worried. But because I, you know, yeah, but. I'm not. Yeah, I think more thing. I, I think the thing to watch with OKC is. If they don't trade Russ, then they they need to get off some. They need to get off money to get under the tax. And like you said, there's only a few teams that could try to make this work. And I mean, at this point, you could be the I mean, you could be the team that's sitting there saying, "Hey, we're the only team that can you know, take on Gallinari." All right, so you need to give us something, something good to take you know to take him on, even though he's a good player. I think they should jump all over that situation, but. Nobody yeah. knows at this point, at this recording, what Oklahoma City is really going to do over the next couple of days or whatever. I'm all on board of taking Gallinari if that's what they want to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Asset or not, I think I would just take Gallinari. because he, He's a really good player. He fits a little better, way better shooter. <laughs> 
you know, and you just start him at three. I mean, he's naturally a four, but if the Mavs want to do their thing where they start Powell and Porzingis, just start Gallinari at three. I mean, what what is it going to hurt? Who are you going to start instead? It, <clears throat> he's going to be better than any other starter that they put out there. So, and I uh, and I do want to mention Stephen Adams too because Stephen Adams, I feel like a lot of people's tweet us about him, and yeah. you just brought in Boban. And I know Stephen Adams better than him, but like, <laughs> I don't know if that's the reason why I would not bring in Stephen Adams. No, but I'm just saying, like, you have this center rotation that we've talked about. You're bringing back Maxi. You just gave Dwight Powell an extension. KP's going to play the five some too. You're going to spend, you know, 25 this year on Stephen Adams, 27, you know, next year on Stephen Adams. When you're trying, I mean, you ha- you already have all of these bigs, and so I don't. I don't know how that would work. I, we'd love Steven Adams. I, I would love to have him on this Mavs team next to KP. I just don't, at that point, I feel like you have too many seven-footers. And I think once they brought in Boban, they committed to the bullprint approach to the center position, like we've talked about on this pod a lot. So I don't know if they would really go that route. But at this point, they could do anything out of nowhere, and I would have no earthly clue. I mean, Tim McMahon tweeted out tonight that – Hey, they're still. Uh, yeah, I should pull up the exact tweet of what McMahon said, but they're still canvassing the league with their cap space of how they can take advantage of some of these trade scenarios. And I mean, right now there's hardly any free agents left, and that's that's the route that you, know, you almost have to go at this point. And yeah, this this was Tim McMahon's tweet uh, tonight. He said, "Mavs intend to hold off on making deals they've agreed to." official while they explore opportunities to use cap space in the trade market. So he says they're fully committed to the deals that they've agreed to, but they're waiting on those deals. Like we've said before, they're waiting on KP, Maxi, Dorian, all of those deals until they see what they can use this cap space for right now. And so, yeah, that's I just your, want them to get oh. one starter. Can the Mavs just get one starter? <laughs> that's what I want. We got our hopes up about Marcus Morris today. You know, it was what if, was it yesterday? I I told you I don't know if it was on the pod or not. I said I really want to if we don't walk if we don't walk away with Danny Green, which we really wanted, I really want Marcus Morris or Iguodala because it at least gives us a, a starter. I feel like we viewed Marcus Morris differently than the Mavs did. They seemed like they made it very clear to Brad and them that they wasn't that interested. I thought it was a pretty favorable deal from San Antonio. Two years, twenty million, ten million a year with a what is a team option or a player option or something. For year two, um, I was down for I was down for that type of deal for sure, and I guess the Mavs thought differently with that. And I mean, yeah, we, yeah, <laughs> I wanted Marcus Morris on the Mavs, so yeah. All right, let's take another break, and when we come back, let's uh, let's go through some of these free agents. There's a bunch of different um, free agents that signed deals. Let's just quickly go through them rapid fire and just talk about if it was realistic for the Mavs to get some of these guys. All right, Isaac. So, uh, a lot has been said about well, the Mavericks. They, you know, they only were targeting Danny Green, and they waited on him, and they missed on all these other guys. So, let's go through some of these guys that actually changed teams. I'm only going to look at the guys that changed teams because a guy like Kevon Looney was just unrealistic for the Mavericks. He took a way lower than market value deal, took like five million a year to stay with the Warriors. Patrick Beverly was not an option for the Mavericks. He wanted to stay with the Clippers. That was pretty pretty obvious. He claims he yeah, took that, a lesser what, deal to stay with the Clippers. So the, so the Mavericks could have given him more money, you know, and it wouldn't have even mattered. 
that's what that we're going to hit on a bunch of different angles to this, but players got to want to come there. It's not just about the money and these guys going back to their home teams, they're willing to take these discounts to go there. So I know it's easy for us to look at it sometimes and say, it kind of goes back to the boogie situation last year when the Warriors signed me for 5 million and everybody's in uproar about it. And they're like, well, my team should have given him $5 million. Listen, he's not going to take $5 million to go back to your team. Now he he, he would. What now? (laughs) I'm like, he took $5 million to go to the Warriors, okay? So it's just like Kevon Looney. Kevon Looney's not going to take $5 million to go to Dallas. He's going to take $5 million to go to the Warriors. So it's there is a, you know, players want to go back to go to their situations or stay at a certain place, and they're willing to give up money for that. So that is not always on somebody like Dallas or some of these other teams. Sometimes as a, as a fan base, we fall into that trap. I do too. I'm like, man, I wish I would have got that player on that deal. But realistically, would that player have came here on that deal? Probably not. Also, talking about Danny Green, um, it was reported by Tim Cato and others today that the the deal that was on the table for Danny Green was three years, $36 million. Uh, and according yeah. to Tim Cato, his sources say that the last year of that deal was a partial guarantee. And so a lot of people were up, upset about that today, obviously, because it seems like a low ball. Some people were like, wow, they lowballed this guy. That was the one guy they wanted to go after, and they lowballed him. I think that's a pretty fair deal for Danny Green. Uh, I think that if he if he considered the Mavericks, and we don't even know if that was the last deal that was offered. We don't know if, you know, say the Lakers came in like, all right, we're going to give you two years 30 the Mavericks like okay well we'll up that if that's what it's going to take to get you we don't know if they got final say because everything happened so fast we're not sure if all the information has been flushed out yet um but Danny Green was going to go to the Lakers if Kawhi didn't go back to Toronto or go to uh you know the Lakers himself (laughs) right like that was the the scenario is always going to be I don't think it mattered what the Mavericks were going to offer just because, let's say the Mavericks offer the same deal as the Lakers. He wouldn't, I mean, he would go to the Lakers. It's a better situation. It's a, it's a two superstars. That's what he said on his podcast. And and we and we halfway debated this today because it, you were telling me, you're like, hey, the Lakers beat the offer. And in my opinion, they didn't beat the offer because Dallas, and before the Cato, you know, before Cato said yeah. that third year's partial guarantee, in total money, Dallas was offering longer term stability and, and to- more total money in three years, thirty-six million. Lakers, you know, he signed with the Lakers for two years, thirty. So he got more annual money for those two years. But Dallas offered a third year and more total money in that deal. So, yeah, but I didn't, he, I didn't if, view it as Lakers beating the offer. They did, they did beat it. They did beat the offer. The, the guarantee definitely means they beat it. But if he, can, how did they beat it? Because they gave him more money annually. JJ Redick just signed like a third 13- for two years though. I don't. I, yes, I, yes. Can't, I don't understand how a team beats it when you're giving them more total money. They beat it. He got three more million dollars this year. Yes, but less yes, that, longer term money. More money. <laughs> Who cares about the longer term money when JJ Redick is out there getting thirteen million dollars a year just to shoot threes? Danny Green shoots and but you he can't- plays defense. But you, so okay, you're saying the Lakers beat the offer because in three years Danny Green is going to guarantee to have at least seven to fifteen, you know, million dollars. At least you can't, if, but you can't guarantee that though. He could tear his ACL next year and not play ever again. If he does that or tears his Achilles, then he has that third year guarantee from Dallas. I don't, I can't, I can't wrap my head around Lakers beating it when Laker when Dallas offered more money and a guaranteed third year, which I get it now because. 
you know, Cato said it was partial guarantee and all that so stuff. Argument we're talking about valid, then because of new information. Well, no, no, we're talking, we're talking, we're talking about before because we were arguing about that before. I know, but it's, it's they still beat it. They gave him more money right now, and they have a better situation. The situation, yeah, I get that. I get why I picked that. I just think it's a slippery slope if you're going into any situation saying, hey, you should sign this amount because in three years, you're going to be guaranteed this money. Of all these situations, ask Boogie Cousins what he's going to be guaranteed. He didn't think he was going to be making this three years ago. So, like, I don't think that's a dangerous mindset, I think, if you're saying, hey, I'll take less money, which he did. It's fine. He did it for the. I just. He did not take less money, Isaac. He did. No, he, he took did thirty not. million dollars. Dallas had thirty six. That's was, less money. No, that is terrible. Thirty six million dollars. Thirty million dollars. That's less money in the, in the third year. Okay, but we're arguing what we were arguing Danny earlier. Green, Danny Green's paid. We're not. We don't have to because there's new information. You can't go back to the old argument. You can't go okay, back to the okay, old okay. argument when there's new information. Let, let's say Dallas called and said, "Hey, we'll we'll guarantee that third year." Is that did the Lakers still beat it? Yes, they gave him more annual money. Okay, so therefore, okay. Yes, they gave him no. The Lakers still beat it. They gave him more annual money. See, I still don't if think he that makes they at beat least it. six million in that last year. He at least got the same deal. But you can't guarantee that in three years. In three you years, the vet minimum what, could be six million. <laughs> it could be, but you never know. We we see this with you. Uh, that's just so dangerous to say. Like, hey, I'll make that this up is, in this three is, years. This is not the mindset of an NBA player. This is not. This is the mindset of a person that does not make that kind of money because they believe that they they are that valuable and that they can bet on themselves. So players should always take the one year the one year deals. But, because they know Kevin that they'll Durant make it up in two years. The one year deal. He's, had he's a superstar. He's, Danny Green ain't a superstar. No, but he's a he's a very good role player that's been on championship teams that was that was highly sought For after sure. by many franchises. For he sure. Has value. Okay, so if, what if a team called up JJ Redick right now and said, "We'll give you four years, forty million dollars," J- but New Orleans is giving you two years, twenty four. Therefore, New Orleans beat that four year forty. JJ Redick took a one year. Is that like, true? JJ Redick took a one year, twenty million dollar deal with the Sixers just a couple years ago. Absolutely, that's a heck of a deal. I get that. Yeah, it's more annual. But, it's but so, he's so, still taking the money. But what if a team out there said, "We'll give you four year forty, and the Sixers said, "We'll give you one year twenty. Did the Sixers beat that four year forty? Now, now you've stretched it. Now it's now it's. How am I stretching it? Different. They money. beat the annual salary for that first year, right? Especially so in the, in your definition, they beat it. No, this is not. No, this argument is not. This is not. How? How is it not? Is arg- because we're we're only talking about with we're only talking about one year with Danny Green, and the, and that third year was non guaranteed. I'm saying what now you're, you're talking about the difference that, between a one year and a four year deal. That's a completely different scenario with with an older your one, player. Your one year is in three years, though. That's my that's my thing. Like <laughs> he could still. It's a slippery slope by you saying he can still make it in three years. Will he Bobby, probably get that Bobby in three Marks years? Bobby Marks agrees yes. with me. Bobby Marks on the podcast said that the Lakers had to beat the offer, and they did. That's what he said. Uh, he agrees with me, and so I'm going with him. He was a GM. Our However, definition of what he, a beat means, sure. Uh, sure. He, they beat the annual salary for this year? Absolutely. But did they meet beat total money? No. The annual salary should matter more. He's getting paid more, and he's he's gonna make. What it. if Danny Green tears his Achilles this year and his career's over? Done. JJ Barea is. Gonna, Did they still beat it? JJ Did Barea they still beat is it? Gonna come back from an Achilles. He's like thirty-four, and he's like a very small guard. I get that. We have all those examples. I get that. So then, but did so they then still beat it, it if matter. he tear if he tore his Achilles? 
If he's tore his Achilles right now, did they still beat the offer? Well, absolutely yes, because he'll be back by the time the contract is done, and he'll get that third year from another team. Possibly. <laughs> I mean, probably. It's just not guaranteed. I th- I just think that's really dangerous from a player's perspective of saying, hey, I'll tell you, if you're not KD, Kawhi, or any of these guys, if you're just a role player and you're saying, hey, I'll take a two-year deal, and then with, hey, I'm, I'll be good enough, Reddick's making this, then in three years, I'll guarantee you to make this amount. I feel like right now, this league should show you that you – it, there's nothing guaranteed right now. If Boogie the, is is the prime example of that. If the partial guarantee only gives him like as much as what a minimum would give him in that third year, does I does get the ma- partial guarantee? But you're saying even if they guarantee that third year, you would still say the Lakers beat that, and I, that's where we disagree. I'm so I'm Pe- right. People because just they, they people partially- really. People are either very uncomfortable with this because we we never usually argue like this. They're either really uncomfortable with this or they're like, finally, they disagree on something fundamental. <laughs> Somebody tweeted us, Saturday, tweeted at us and said, you're supposed to be on the same team. Like, we are on the same team, guys. Stop it. Except for, except for the Except for kind of not. All right, let, let's go. Let's go back to the. Let's go back to the free agent. Check still goes. <laughs> let's go back to the free agent list. All right, because we are on the same mindset with this. Yes. Stuff. So let's go through some of these names that changed teams. These role players, all these role players that the Mavericks missed out on, uh, and we still believe that the Mavericks failed in free agency. We think they they should have gotten at least one, maybe two starters. There's a couple that we really wanted that eventually ended up being. Uh, unrealistic and Danny Green and Patrick Beverly. Those are the two the top of our list. Um, Derek Favors. Um, he was he was gettable, I think. That took two second-round picks to trade for him yep. from the Pelicans. The Mavericks could have done that. Uh, but I think that might have been too much capital to put into a center uh, if the Mavericks view the center the way that they do. That also kind of, kind of like – Put the put the Mavs at a disadvantage. The way that they view certain positions and how they're kind of rigid on that, I think that has more to do with with uh, some of these misses. Boyan Bogdanovich, four years, seventy three million dollars deal with the Jazz. Yes, I wanted I want to I want to talk about this name because the, this is the prime example of we have no clue what went into this. You know, we have no clue what, okay. And, and how the things that are not reported could change our whole perspective of everything of, of all of this stuff. What if Dallas Boyan was one of their main targets? What if, and it didn't leak out or anything. And they're like, we have a deal in place. We love him. He's awesome. Then less than 48 hours before free agency starts, Nikola Miracic backs out and backs out of free agency and says, I'm going to freaking Barcelona. Therefore, if Utah, let's say Utah had Miritich, you know, in their sights saying, we're going to bring Miritich in. We love him. He backs out and Utah's like, what the crap? We have to overpay for Boyan. We're going to give him 70 million because we, we have to come out free agency with a, a, you know, another big name. Boyan was less than what we thought. He cost less than, than what we thought he was going to get. Yeah, so let's say Dallas was sitting there waiting, and they're like, yup, we're going to get Boyan. We love this. We we heard Utah is going to go after Miritic, and we're going to bring Bogdanovich. Great fit next to Luke and all this stuff. And we would have been thrilled for Boyan, right? Yeah. We would have been happy mm-hmm. for that. And then Utah changes course because Miritic goes to Barcelona, and then let's say Utah is like, and then Boyan's trying to decide, do I go to Utah, who is literally going to be in probably the top three of the West, title favorites for some people out there, or do I go to Dallas, which is still a good situation. But if that's the case, and then he chooses Utah, you can't blame him. And all of a sudden, people are getting mad at Dallas because, oh, why didn't we go after Boyan? We don't know. They could have. 
But there is so many. It's the same situation for Kimba. What if Dallas was, I mean, 95% in the bag saying, we got Kimba. He's leaving. Look, he left, and he we got him. It's going to happen. And then within the last week, Al Horford opts out, throws everything off. Nobody expected that. And all of a sudden, Boston creates cap space. They swoop in. No one saw that coming. And so, like, Dallas could have had guys like Kemba or Bojan or these things to where they could have been so confident and ready to go. And this is you know, this is who we're getting, and we're it's going to happen. And then, bam, Meritish goes to Barcelona. It changes that. Bam, Al Horford opts out. Boston swoops in for Kemba. You can't blame these guys for picking those playoff contenders. Nothing, not all of it gets reported, and that's the stuff that we're like, man. I, I guarantee they had different, you know, things out there to where they were monitoring this stuff, or they might have felt confident in things, but things didn't, you know, fell, fall their way. And look what happened to some of these guys. And so many things happened so fast. The Mavericks couldn't have gotten in on all of these guys, right? Like some of these deals happened just so fast. Like think about the Malcolm Brogdon deal. I put him as an unrealistic guy because they traded for him. Uh, Saturday would have been the first day that the Mavericks would be able to to sign Malcolm Brogdon to an offer sheet, and then they'd have to wait for for the Bucks to match it. Like that, it went so quick. Like that happened day one of free agency, and yeah. the Mavericks couldn't trade the first round pick. Maybe they could have sent a couple seconds, but seconds to a team don't mean as much as first for some reason. Uh, if you send if you send multiple, even though the chances are probably just as good if you send two seconds if one really bad first, uh, especially yeah. the protected one, but. Uh, they couldn't get the Malcolm Brogdon deal, and even if they did, that's it's a lot of money to give to Malcolm Brogdon. We would absolutely do it, uh, but we don't. I don't care about the money on that. It's just we just didn't have the picks to make it happen. Right. And, to, and the same thing could have been said about the Tobias thing. What if Dallas, you know, had you know, what if Dallas had something set up with Tobias and they're like good to go? Like, man, we love the fit. And it was you know four years. Let's just say Philly was. I mean, Philly was hesitant on the max and all that. And then all of a sudden, Al Horford opts out, and they're like, hey, we got a commitment from Al Horford. Jimmy We're willing leaves. to get. Yeah, and you know this Horford thing came out of nowhere. Butler's going. We're going to get Josh Richardson. We'll do the five year max now. We'll change. We'll up our offer and do the five year max. And all of a sudden, bam, he goes back to Philly. When it's these situations that Dallas could have felt that they were in the driver's seat, and we never even knew about it. But it's because we don't know about it, and because we don't know that situation, it makes a lot of fans feel like we were <laughs> Mavericks were lost. They're not even doing the job. Like they're they're and, just setting back on everything, you know. Like all these things happen at the same time, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I brought up the Malcolm Brogdon situation because all that the Mavericks could be on the phone with Patrick Beverly, or you know, give another example, they could be on the phone with Danny Green the same time that the Malcolm Brogdon thing is going down and happening. Like you just yeah. you just can't be in on everything. Uh, Al Farouk yeah. I think was realistic with the ma- with the Magic three years, thirty million dollars basically. Um, I'm glad you brought his name up. It's those type of guys that switch teams that you're you're mentioning right now. It's the mid tier guys that switch teams. Those are the ones I feel like a lot of us are frustrated about. Yeah. That you're like, man, I wonder if we were in, in in on those guys because I don't even get upset about the Terrence Ross deal because Terrence Ross went back to Orlando. Yeah. Like they've all been talking about running it back. They got their squad. You know, he got a pretty favorable deal. Like it probably took something pretty drastic to overpay him to get him to leave Orlando, and he he decided to run it back and that's the thing we kind of we've been throwing out there are are you willing to overpay drastically for some of these guys to get them are you willing to give julius randall 21 million dollars to where we'd actually have a signing quote signing right now and everybody would be happy about it no everybody would be throwing a fit right now if we signed julius randall for 21 million dollars how west matthews deal happened 
<laughs> yes. Um. So like the tan. I'm glad different. you brought up Ami- I'm glad you brought up Aminu though because Aminu is one of those guys who are like man he switched teams he left Portland. You know Orlando's not really the perfect fit. So I wonder if Dallas could have been in on that. I would love to have Aminu at the contract that he was brought into Orlando. And yeah, while they wasn't in on that, I don't know. I don't know. The thing with Aminu, if if you're out on a if you get Aminu, then all of a sudden your cap space goes down to what twenty two. It would have gone down to like you know. Like eighteen, right, or something like that. Twenty. Yeah, something like that. And uh, yeah, so your cap space is all of a sudden like gone. They're they're waiting on Danny Green. They they made this bet on you know waiting on Danny Green that probably wasn't great. And so they they missed out on Aminu because they didn't want to put that much money into a a position where they have some guys like that. I mean, Aminu is a four in the NBA. You can play him at three. He would probably have to start at three for the Mavericks if that's what you're trying to do. Um, and yeah, yeah Aminu makes nine point two this year. So yeah, so it would be just about like twenty one they'd have in cap space if they did that. Yeah, but the the you go back to favors and Aminu. This is where the decision to wait on Danny Green probably came in hindsight came back to bite him. This is where you have to question of those things of it's not the bigger names I I I have question about. It is the hey they looked at the landscape and even looking at somebody like Derek Favors and saying hey if we give up two seconds to bring in Derek Favors that's going to take up a good I mean a good good chunk of our cap space. You might not have money for Danny Green at that point. You if you sign a Minu if you sign one of these guys and you have to up your offer on some of these guys and overpay for a couple you sign a Jeremy Lamb or something like that you might I mean it might cut off your ability to get Danny Green. And at that point, it looks like that they they just took their chance on that. They put a lot of their eggs in a basket saying, we will take the chance on missing out on the Aminus and you know those the JJ Reddick's another one. I mean, he got. Uh, I think I got, you think he got more money than I did, right? Yeah, I have the whole list. Um, so Reggie Trevor Reza was another one. He made two years, twenty five million dollars. No, stay away from that. Right. That's, well, that's, in Sacramento, they had to overpay some of these guys: Trevor Reza, Corey Joseph, Dwayne Dedman. They had to overpay some of these guys to get them. And if the Mavericks did that, we'd be like, oh, we have to overpay people to get them. And yeah, you know, these. I'm guys so glad we didn't good. walk away with what Sacramento did. Yes. Uh, Ed Davis, two year, ten million. That one is like, why didn't the Mavs? That one cuts at my soul. Yeah, <laughs> that that's the one where we get mad. <laughs> but but we get upset about that one. But you have to ask yourself too, Ed Davis, if he's looking at it and saying, hey, Dallas is willing to give me two years, sixteen million dollars, and I could be a borderline playoff team, or I could get two years. $10 million and be Gobert's backup and lock big time minutes on a playoff contender who could go to the Western Conference Finals. That's where, when you're that good, when you're one of those teams, people will sign contracts like that yeah. to be a part of your rotation. And until Porzingis and Luka show that Dallas is a top four or five team in the conference, we're not going to probably get those type of bargain deals from those type of really good veterans. Yeah, then there's the Knicks guys. Julius Randle, three years, $63 million. Bobby Portis, two years, $31 million. Uh, both of those are overpays. We're not into that. Yes. JJ Redick, two years, $26.5 million. See, now, I mean, I could hear the argument for somebody saying, Hey, you know, could Dallas have swooped in and gave him two years, 30 million, 15 a year for two years. I sure fine. <laughs> he can shoot the lights out and I could see the argument for that. But once again, they looked at it and said, we would rather lose out on JJ Redick and we'll, we'll save it up for Danny green in hindsight that, looks bad but all these guys are imperfect role players too these like danny green is the perfect role player 
Yes. They, they bet defense on the, and three. They bet on the perfect guy instead of going after some of these flawed guys. Like the next guy, Jeremy Lamb, three years, $31.5 million. Man, I I would rather have a chance with Danny Green than, than just take Jeremy Lamb. And then now, now it seems stupid because they missed on everybody, but they didn't know that Kawhi was going to take this long either. I mean, a lot yeah. of the other guys, I mean, made their decision. Kevin Durant's decision was made like the day before free agency, it felt like. Right. Yeah. In, in hindsight, I would love to have Jeremy Jeremy Lamb at ten million a year. Basically, uh, I thought you know that would be a solid player off the bench that can you know get buckets for you. But they chose to wait on Danny Green. And I mean, even listening to Danny Green's podcast, all that stuff, Danny Green was really, really considering Mavericks. Also, what if they just don't like Jeremy Lamb? Yeah. I mean, or what if what if this? What if the whole time they've been hearing everything in, in throughout the week that everybody else had been hearing? That it was in the bag that Kawhi was going to the Lakers, <laughs> and that it, I mean, if they had been hearing the same thing that all the uh, everybody yeah. else in the media had been hearing that Kawhi was going to the Lakers, then they probably thought there was a really good chance of like, oh, looks like I mean, how could we predict the Paul George deal to Clippers? They probably thought Kawhi was going to the Lakers too, and therefore they're going to get their guy and Danny the Green. The Thunder have like, Paul George under contract too. It just is <laughs> they didn't have to make that deal, which is wild. Yes, so like you know that they were probably really confident that. Man, Kawhi's gonna go to the Lakers, and they had been hearing just like everybody else did, and the Clippers just rocked everybody's world at the last moment. So Jeremy Lamb is one that they could have gotten in. Uh, Damari Carroll, two years now. What is his deal like? His deal got up today. Three, three years, twenty-one. Three now. years, twenty-one. Now, uh, that's not a great fit with the Mavericks. I just don't see them going after a guy like that. I would have liked him. But... Um, Alfred Payton, Corey Joseph, both oh, Ricky ew, Rubio, ew, like yeah. all three of those guards. You just Ricky Rubio, massive overpay. Holy three crap. years, fifty-one million dollars. Um, Thad Young with the Bulls, three years, forty-one million dollars. Yeah. So when we talked about how things could be worse, situation one, it could be worse is if Porzingis took a qualifying offer and you're on bad terms with KP, or you let KP go out and listen to other offers, and you know he's wanting to go to another team, and all that, that would have been a, a disaster. I mean, a complete mess. Option number two, how things could have been worse, is if you handed Ricky Rubio and Julius Randle these contracts. Yeah. What if we walked out of the summer with you know Ricky Rubio making fifteen million a year and Julius Randle making twenty million? I like a year? Ru- what if that I like, was the case? I like Ricky Rubio better than Ricky, better than Ricky Rubio. <laughs> Like that would have sucked. Yes. I mean, I would I was pissed about Kelly Linick possibility. So <laughs> that would have been horrible if we overpaid those guys. So it's I mean, right now we're very, very frustrated, but those two I, routes could have been worse than this. And I think right now the bar is low. So you're like, Oh, Reggie Bullock, two years, twenty one million dollars. That that'd be like amazing. I'm like, sure, it seems amazing now. Uh here's one we didn't talk about, somebody brought up today. Thomas Sadaransky, three years, thirty million dollars. I like Sander. Didn't that was a signing trade, right? Did, yeah, because he was because he was restricted. Something? I thought Washington got something back from him, kind of like a mini version of Brogdon, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Anyway, I did. Re- yeah, we did really like him though. He would have been great in Dallas. But some of the, these restricted guys are, are tricky. They're, they're kind of hard because you either trade for them, like like Sandaransky and like uh, Brogdon, or you just wait yeah. for them. Like right now, what Kelly Oubre is waiting on, uh, and then the last one, Marcus Morris, who just just happened two years, twenty million dollars, and. The Spurs yeah. are better than the Mavericks, right? Their situation is is better right now. Yeah, I think. I mean, that's ultimately what a lot of stuff boils down that is, to. That's not players. a lot of play like realistic players. Those are the ones I just went through. Yes, and you know, I texted Nick today. I said how some fans feel that negotiations go in Dallas is 
a player calling up Dallas and saying, Hey Mark, um, can I come play for you for $10 million? And Mark said, no, I don't want you for 10 million. And then the player said, okay, I'll sign with somebody else for 10 million. Yeah. There's a lot of fans that feel like that's how everything happens. I'm like, doesn't like happen. Like <laughs> Dallas could have had all these, could have had offers on the table for some of these guys, but they could have just either, you know, chose to go somewhere else, a, a contending team for the same amount of money or took less money to go to a contending team. So I think that, you know, it, the bigger question and why I put brought up Aminu and Reddick, those two guys specifically, who, who are the role players? This, this is a question. Who are the role players that switch teams and that would fit nicely in Dallas didn't get, and that sound didn't get massively overpaid. Didn't get well, like, and that didn't go to a contending team. That's why I bring up Aminu and Reddick because those guys, in my opinion, would have fit on this team. Not perfectly, but they would have fit. And they went to teams like Orlando and New Orleans that are in the same category as Dallas to where like, I understand why players pick Utah and, you know, the Clippers or, or you know, the Lakers, some of those guys. I get that. Because those are like top, you know, guaranteed playoff teams. It's the role players who switch teams to other teams in that mid-tier that you're like, man, I wish we would have got in on that. Like, you feel like you would have had a better chance at those guys, if that makes sense. Yeah, and there's just not many of those guys. It's like, it's it's Aminu, it's Bullock, it's Jeremy Lamb maybe, even though the Pacers were a playoff team last year. Uh, it's, yeah. it's J.J. Redick, it's... Um, uh, man, <laughs> like you, I guess if you count the, all the Kings players, like Corey Joseph, uh, Ariza, you know, like it's, it's those kind of guys. Um, Zanaransky got kind of traded. Um, yeah, it's not, I'm probably missing some, but it, there's just not a lot of those examples. Uh, guys wanted to go to contending teams or they wanted to get massively overpaid like Rubio, or they were just not good fits. That the Mavericks weren't going to go after that. We would say, you know, some people would say, man, we don't have a starting point guard, so let's get Ricky Rubio. Like, but the Mavericks, they're yeah. thinking like, I would rather, I would rather just roll out Seth <laughs> than roll out Rubio because we think it's a better fit, and we would just rather go with the, the best fit than maybe uh, a slight upgrade in, or an upgrade in talent. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, that's, a, that's so much part of, this. of putting a team together. It is. I mean, I I would I think one of the the only other bigger names that. I just want to hear their explanation, I, and I get it. He's he wasn't he wasn't a fit, and everybody shot it down when the name was brought up. But you know, D'Angelo Russell, because he felt like out of all those guys, out of all those uh, near max guys, or no, he ended up getting to max. Out of all those guys in that top category or top two categories, it felt like he was the most gettable. Uh, and you know, Golden State pulled it off, but he had to agree to you know go to Golden State in that deal. But if Golden State didn't do that, was Dallas in the mix for that? Would they have inter- even entertained it? What we've seen and reported that Dallas wasn't really enter- you know, entertaining that. But, I mean, you look across the league of who all could have you know, had the space to give him that max contract. And I guess they just, you know, um, which, once again, we don't know until Golden State swooped in. And there were more guys available than the ones that we're, we're, we're naming. But those guys went back to their own teams. You know, other yeah. guys that were on the, you know, the $10 sheet that we did. A lot of those guys just went back to their own teams and they like that situation. And the, what do you do if you're the Mavericks at that point, if a guy just wants to go back, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's not much you can do. I mean, so we'll see where Dallas goes from here. I mean, we're, you know, tomorrow is Sunday. Uh, the moratorium is officially over. It ended on Saturday. Players can officially sign. We, at this point at the moment that we're si- uh, signing, recording, um, 
Seth Curry's signing isn't official yet. We haven't got a press release on that. Nobody's signing's official yet uh, because they're waiting to see on the trade market. Will they go? Will they entertain Andre Iguodala in Memphis still? Uh, could they take advantage of the OKC thing? Toronto, Dragic, what trade scenarios are out there? It just gets really limited with Dallas because besides having cap space, they don't really have anything else. There's no first that they can really, that's entertaining in some of these deals. They sent those off in the Porzingis deal. In a perfect world, they'd love to hold on to Jalen Brunson. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, all quiet. <laughs> you know, Cuban talked a little bit at Summer League. Uh, we briefly looked at those quotes right before we hit record. It They came out on Twitter right when we hit record. So um, we'll look back over those after this podcast, but we'll see. We'll see what happens to DeLon Wright. Something could happen with him. You know, as you're listening to this, uh, Dallas could try to entertain it and see if they could put an offer sheet on him for whatever, but we'll see. We're all just like you. We're waiting uh, to see if Dallas gets involved in some of this, but going back to the original, original question with cap space. As long as they don't sign these guys, they have cap space. But the moment that you start seeing people like us tweet out and saying the KP signing is official or Maxi Kleber signing is is official, cap space is up at that point, and there's no adding at you know at that point. And they the can wait part. until the season starts, <laughs> right? Like they can start until training. They can wait until training camp if they want to. Um, yeah. I mean, Tim McMahon said there's an understanding right now with their deals that they're going to wait on them until, you know, entertain some other thing. If they're waiting on the deals, then that, that means they're probably in talks with some teams and seeing, waiting to fill some of the stuff out. And, you know, we'll see. Russell Westbrook could be the next a huge domino. I mean, you've seen yeah. when Kawhi, Kawhi and then when the Clippers thing hit, we've seen every other thing happen then. You know, Boogie and all these guys going to Lakers, like more dominoes fell in play, fell at that point. Westbrook teams could, you know, Westbrook could be the next domino to fall to see what else happens. So we'll see. We'll see how Dallas we'll see. uses. And we, we just hope that the Mavericks get in on something and take, take something into their cap space. And uh, I think they're going to hold off some of these deals until they look through the whole thing and try and figure out something. So hopefully they get somebody guys. We appreciate you listening on the weekend. This is this, this is the Sunday pod, man. Hey, uh, summer league. They did. They did good. <laughs> they did. Josh, Josh Reeves looked good. Uh, Roby and Tony's Cleveland looked good. Isaiah Roby looked good. Macon looked good. Uh, those four guys right there have really stood out. Kosis just looked a little rusty in two games, but those other four guys have really stood out. I think in, in the first two games, they really have. So we'll uh, keep watching. They won again, so they'll probably keep, hopefully they'll keep winning and they could go on to the tournament and single elimination they just keep winning so hopefully that's what it comes down to i'm done talking guys thanks so much for listening to lockdown maps peace out boom